in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. An update from Friday's story from Tom Pelissero on Kyler Murray who the Cardinals, the report on Friday was the Cardinals had not offered Kyler Murray a new contract. Tom Pelissero also reported that Kyler Murray is not expected to play until he gets a new contract. He has two years left on his rookie deal. Uh, he is eligible for an extension this offseason, and apparently if he doesn't get one, he's not going to play for the Cardinals. I don't know if I'd give him the deal right now with two years left. I mean, if he says he's not going to play, you wouldn't give it to him? I mean, wouldn't they have given it to him by now? That And see, that's the interesting part is... Wouldn't when, they have already done it? When he So you've had this weird offseason where kind of out of nowhere, he Kyler becomes, Murray was unhappy. Yeah, and he becomes upset. Deleted his Instagram post, right. all that or whatever. Out of nowhere, he was unhappy, right? It didn't really... There wasn't really any tipping point except maybe they lost a playoff game in an embarrassing fashion and he felt embarrassed. But just out of nowhere, he's unhappy with the Cardinals. And it was like, okay, that's strange, but it appeared as though things kind of were healing because he ended up reposting all his stuff to Instagram and all right. that. But then the report came out that the Cardinals haven't even offered him a new contract, blah, blah, blah. And now he's saying he won't play unless he gets a new contract. Um, I don't know. It came out of nowhere. And if you're, if you're the Cardinals... You believe in Kyler Murray, right? Like if you're the if you're that organization. I, well, I believe he's probably the best we can do. So if he's going to sit out, you have you, you have to give him the new contract, right? I mean, I guess I just it's been going on for it seems like it's been going on for so long now. Uh maybe maybe they needed this to push them forward in terms of him just sitting out and him not showing yeah. up. I mean, again, I guess it all depends on what the team's motivation is or what the team's thought process is. Like if they if they don't believe in Kyler Murray, then, then no. don't give him the deal. You don't give him the deal, and you're because you're if you don't believe in him, you're planning to find the new quarterback in the next year or two, anyways. So they'll get Jimmy Garoppolo for right. now. You're something, or you just suck it up and suck for a year, and then find your quarterback next year. Whatever right. it is, but if you believe in Kyler Murray, you're giving him the contract because you're planning on having this guy be your quarterback for another seven, seven plus years. years or whatever it is. So. I don't, to me, it all it all comes down to what do the Cardinals think of Kyler Murray, and I would guess they believe in Kyler Murray, but they haven't offered him a new contract yet. Maybe they don't. I mean, it's not like he has that much leverage. If he goes and plays baseball, he's definitely not getting a contract from the Oakland A's. <laughs> is he still under their team control? Is he, is he I'm pretty sure he wouldn't become a free agent. Uh, rule five, maybe. No. He, would. he actually could get a contract because they don't know if he's good or not, and then he'd play well for a year, and then they'd have to move him. Yeah, yeah, he could. Yeah, yeah. He would, you're right. He wouldn't get a contract that's any good, Jared. But he'd get traded if he was, yeah. and then get a contract. Yeah, if he's any good, it'd take traded. him a year yes, or two. Exactly. But if he's good, he'll he'll end up with one. Yeah, great question. Yeah, again, great question. Donovan Williams will return to UNLV if he doesn't get good feedback about his NBA draft status. Uh, Donovan Williams talked to Mike Gramala. He said it would absolutely be UNLV if he were to come back to school. There's nowhere else I would want to play. He entered his name in the NBA draft. He could turn pro. He said in the story, basically, if he gets feedback that says, hey, you're a first-round pick, he's gone. If he gets feedback that says, hey, 
you're a second round pick, he's probably gone. If he gets feedback and says, hey, we we think you're close, but you need to work on these three things. Go back to school and, and work on them. He said, then I'll, I'll go back, talk to Kevin Kruger, be like, hey, how can we work on these things? How can we make me better at these things? And then after a year or however long it takes, then he might be gone after that. I think that he's coming back. I think he's got decent NBA potential because of his, uh, basically his athletic traits are he's tall. He can jump very high, right? Where we've talked about Bryce Hamilton, right? He's taller. If you compare those two, Donovan Williams is taller than Bryce Hamilton. He can jump higher than Bryce Hamilton, which are both keys. And he's a better defender than Bryce Hamilton. And he shot the three better than Bryce Hamilton last year. All of that's a better NBA skill set, better NBA body of work than what Bryce Hamilton has. Enough to get drafted in the second round? I would guess not this year. Now, if he comes back and he shoots 40% from three again, and yeah, if he comes back and does that, I would guess they would want him to put on a little bit more weight would be an assumption. But if they're like, hey, go back, prove that you can shoot the three, prove that you can, I don't know, they want him to create his own shot more or something like that. I Whatever that checklist is, I, I think the 2023 NBA draft, there's a legit chance Donovan Williams gets drafted. I think it's it's certainly possible. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's likely, but I say it's certainly possible he could come back because there is that he could potentially be the three and D guy that's a role player right, on an NBA right, team right. that knocks down the open shot when you leave him and alone somebody. and is a competent enough defender. defender that, hey, when you switch on to the other team's best player, you're not just right. automatically right. giving up a layup. Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. Former Utah State cornerback Cam Lampkin is transferring to UNLV. He played in 14 games last year for Utah State, started 13 of them. How did UNLV get a kid to transfer from a better Mountain West school <laughs> that was getting that was playing actually, time? That's the other thing. That was actually playing. This wasn't bench warmer. This guy started almost every game for Utah State. And they and he transferred to UNLV. That is, that's impressive by Marcus Arroyo. I don't even know how yeah, he did a, that. That's actually a good get from Marcus right. Arroyo. Mo- most of the time, UNLV transfers, they land that's, guys that weren't playing at other schools. He's obviously right? had ma- major issues with somebody or something with the Utah State. You don't you don't leave a place you started thirteen or fourteen games for a worse right. program in your conference. So right. he obviously had problems with someone or whatever at Utah State. I don't think it was more hey. I want to leave and go to this program. It's like, hey, I'm having issues. I'm going to leave no matter what. So where can I go and play? And he's going to, I'm assuming, if he's played 13 to 14 there, that he's going to play <laughs> a lot at UNLV, right? UNLV. I, mean, I would imagine he's a starter so. here. I would hope so. But it it is strange because normally the transfer UNLV gets is take Harrison Bailey, for example, quarterback at Tennessee, great school, but he wasn't playing at Tennessee, right? And he comes right. to UNLV because he wasn't getting the playing time he Which wanted Which is fine. That's what most guys right. go in the portal for. This guy was playing at yeah. Utah State. And normally, if you had a guy who started every game at Utah State, who what, they won the Mountain West, right? Who is at a good Mountain West school, and that guy transfers, normally you think, oh, that guy's going up. Right. He's going, He's going to, to a, a Pac-12. Right. Pac-12 or, big, yeah, big, uh, Power 5 yeah. school. Washington State wants right. him or something like that. UNLV landed the kid, so... Good land. Good job for Marcus Arroyo. Really it still doesn't Marcus make Arroyo. a whole lot of sense, but they probably just got their starting cornerback over the weekend from a team in their own conference. Next question. Oh, Lights FC won again. They beat Pittsburgh 1-0 on Saturday. Team. Playoff positioning. Uh, Are they just fighting for positioning now? 
<laughs> are they just assuming they're in the playoffs? They're fighting for positioning. We're seven games into like a 34 yeah. game season. Are they just schedule? fighting for positioning? Fighting for positioning. Listen to you. Are they the St. Louis Blues? Uh, they are at the moment. Let's see. They are fourth in the Western Conference on 12 points. And eight teams make it? Uh, yes, Come eight on. teams make it. They they already have a six-point lead over ninth place Come on. to get into the postseason right now. That is very exciting. Seven games in, four wins, three wins. Their goal differential, Their goal differential is still zero. They have scored 12. They have allowed 12. But Danny Trejo scored another goal. He still leads the USL in goal scored. Danny Trejo is a superstar for Lights FC. And the L and the other fun fact, Pittsburgh was undefeated before that game. First loss of the season for Pittsburgh. What That's right. They came in they came in unbeaten. What a team. This team, like you said, playoff team fighting for positioning with 30 something more games to play. Great question. All right, here was the This was weird. Probably the dumbest thing that happened in yeah. baseball. Uh fourth inning. The Angels were losing to the Rangers three to two. Bases loaded, and the Angels intentionally walked Corey Seager. They intentionally walked a run. This is Joey overthinking the room. In the fourth inning of yeah. a game in April. Yeah. Against Corey Seager. Seager. Yeah. Who's hitting over 300, by the way. But <laughs> it was completely stupid. You, they walked in a yeah. run yeah. in the fourth inning. Yeah. That's they, Joey overthinking the room and wanting to be just like, you know, different than everyone else. They ended up giving up two more runs in the inning, so yeah. it did not work at they, all. They came back in 187, but uh, still. The Rangers suck, but True. it did not work yeah. at all. So, the only, can you remember the only other time I can remember this happening? It happened to Barry Bonds. Yeah. Bases loaded, the Giants, who were they playing? I do not remember who they were playing. Maybe the Diamondbacks. But there were two outs in the ninth, and it was a two run lead for the other team. For I'll, the just, I'll assume it was the Diamondbacks. Two-run lead, two outs, bases loaded, Barry Bonds is at the plate, and they walked Barry Bonds. Brought in the run, moved the tying run to third, but the next guy flew out to the outfield and they won the game, right? It still mathematically was incredibly dumb, despite how good Barry Bonds was. It was still a very dumb decision if you play out the probabilities, but it worked out, and I can at least sit back and say... Okay, it was the ninth inning. It was Barry Bonds. You needed one out, and it was the best hitter in the history of the sport. This was Corey Seager in the fourth inning of a game. <laughs> Did you see Seager's face? He Did you see to... Mike Trout's face? Yeah. No, I didn't see Trout. I saw Corey Seager, and he didn't know what to do. <laughs> Mike Trout was, like, trying to comprehend it in center field. Like, why is he walking to first? <laughs> Did we just walk in a run? I can't. It's, it's one of the dumbest things you'll see happen. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. The USFL. Okay, first off, did you watch any USFL this weekend? Uh, no. Thank you. Jared, I don't Jared, want your you? answer. Nope, don't want his answer. I know what his answer is, and I don't want it. I did not, but I did turn on the TV and saw Jason Garrett and went, why? Why is he doing color? He was an Where announcer? Is, where what is, is he? it? Yeah. And he, I believe the first thing out of his, um... First thing I heard out of his mouth was Jeff Fisher's a really good coach. And I was just like, where's, where is the NBA? Where is the NBA? So I have zero interest in the USFL, uh, but there is one thing the USFL is doing that needs to be adopted immediately. 
into the NFL. Employing Jeff Fisher. They are using actual technology, not chains and 65-year-old men, to measure first downs. Uh, if you review a, if you challenge, or if there's a review for a first down, it looks a lot like tennis reviews, where they zero in, right? On where you the get mark. sort of the digital right, reenactment, right. and you see the mark of the ball, and if it's right. in or out in tennis, it it's almost identical to that. Right. There's a little mark of where the football is, and a line to show you the first down marker, and if in fact it picked up the first down. If this technology is real, if that's accurate. The NFL should have this yeah. in play week one this season. Hell, the uh, the the Hall of Fame Bowl the Raiders are playing in in August. This should be in immediately. It's a hundred. Like why? So they do, just zero in on the mark, right? Yeah, they just they it's exactly like, like the ball tennis. mark. Yeah, exactly like tennis. If this is accurate, this needs to be in the NFL now. The NFL these owners would take fourteen years to decide <laughs> this. They would they would take forever. You know how many? You know how many? committees would be put together to study this thing no there wouldn't be there wouldn't even be a committee what it would be would be jerry jones on a party bus with the head of officiating <laughs> and suddenly it's like we decided not to adopt the lasers about this in the shower <laughs> and i don't think this should happen it's it's incredible it's so much better than whatever the hell the nfl is trying to do it needs to be put in right now coming up next are the warriors the best team in the west Net. And off, Duncan, another three ball, and another make. That's number eight. A new playoff career high from downtown. Did he ever like play like, dummy Trey uh, in, in practice? Duncan, he can't do any of that stuff. <laughs> no, he did not. Okay. Not even for a second. Okay. No, he does not have that kind of handle. Or, yeah. It's totally different players. Sure. Yeah, uh, but in his own right. regard, he's extremely ignitable and dangerous. He can generate a lot of offense for us, whether he's making shots or not. That's the part that nobody understands, but I don't, I don't really care to explain that. It's the Press Box with Grady and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Are the Warriors back? Boy, I thought they looked good. I think it's fun to watch them when all those guys are playing, man. I think it's fun. They have- Pool was great. They've always been the most aesthetically pleasing uh, yeah. basketball team to I've watch. ever seen. To watch, absolutely. Here's here's what the here's why the Warriors might be back. They might have that new death lineup going on. Uh, yeah. Obviously, Kevin Durant's not there anymore, and he was a big factor in why they were good. But they ran out for the first time. This did not. This lineup did not appear in the regular season together. But for the first time this season, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green all shared the floor together. Uh, when they were on the floor, they outscored the Nuggets 20-6. to six Now, is about, Jordan Poole going to keep this up? He's probably not going to have 30 points and, and hit five, five of seven, seven threes. threes. No. But Steph Curry came off the bench in that game. He's coming back from an injury where he only played 21 minutes, only scored 16 points, shot 5 of 13. They don't need, probably, they don't need Jordan Poole to go for 30 and 5 of 7 threes in every game because presumably Steph Curry is going to be better. Presumably Steph Curry is going to play more, going to shoot more in the future. And when that happens, Jordan Poole is not going to have to do as much, but the amazing thing. Okay. There was one, one possession where Jordan Poole got a kick out pass and he was six, seven feet behind the three point line. No hesitation. There was a defender there, pulled the three, drilled it. When Jordan Poole is taking and making Steph Curry and Klay Thompson type of threes, 
I mean, you're telling me there's now three of these right. guys. If, right. if that's real, there's three of these guys you've got to be worried about doing that. Warriors are back. I mean, that that's going to be. He's the he's the one that you don't know if he'll keep doing that. The other two, you know, can right. do that. But again, you know, to win a seven game series, you got to win four. You can lose three. You don't have to be great every game. Right. So Jordan Poole can have off nights. And hell, Jordan Poole can have off nights and they can still win because sure, Steph the Curry three. might go for yeah. 50. Yeah. So he can have off nights. He's the third guy on that team. And the Warriors can still win games. I Listen, the Nuggets, it's only Nikola Jokic, right? They don't have Jamal Murray back. The Nuggets are are a fine team, but that's not a team that you're, you're – if you blow the Nuggets out, it doesn't really mean much. But the idea of the Warriors being able to put out another small ball lineup, another death lineup like they had, and it being that effective again, right? that becomes a legitimate problem for the rest of the West. That becomes a legitimate problem, not just for the Nuggets, but most likely the Grizzlies in round two and the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. That's a legitimate I mean, I, I'd love for them to get there yeah. because they're just so fun to watch. Yeah, that's a legitimate series winning lineup, a Western Conference series winning lineup that they can put out there. It's it's incredible is what it is. Now, what is let's let me let me see how I want to phrase this. Who do you think is more likely to keep up and have an unbelievable postseason? Jordan Poole, who went for 30, hit five of seven threes, or Tyrese Maxey of the 76ers, who had 38 on 14 of 21 shooting in the Sixers win over the uh Raptors I think Jordan Poole, because I don't think Tyron Maxey's gonna have another 21 point <laughs> third quarter. Why not? I just I don't think that that's going to happen. So Philly blew out Toronto. Um, what's fascinating here? Joel Embiid was not good. Right. Five of 15. Philly won by 20. Uh, obviously, Maxi had an unbelievable performance, and he might not score 38 in a postseason game again in his entire career. Might not, might not to score 38 the rest of the series. <laughs> well, he probably, he'll probably get to 38 <laughs> the rest of the series. But... Well, if, it, if they sweep them, if they sweep them, maybe, sweep him, maybe, maybe. Uh, if he, if they if they sweep them over the next three games, can he get to thirty eight over three games? He, I think he will. He's going right. to score. That's only that's only what twelve, thirteen, fourteen yes. a game. Yeah, he'll get there. All right, he'll get there. They, it's it's a fast enough tempo. He'll get there. But the the fascinating part with this team is, it's been all about Embiid and Harden. And going into the postseason, James Harden was not any good at all. Right, Harden's sucked for the last 10 games or so of the regular season. And you start looking around saying, okay, Joel Embiid's really good. James Harden's not playing well. James Harden doesn't exactly have the best postseason track record. And he's got player. the bad hammy to begin with. Do you really have a big two? If Tyrese Maxey is good. It's not going to be enough to win a title, but it should be enough to get past Toronto, even when they go to Toronto and don't have Matias Theibel. And then you get a second-round matchup with the Heat. Maybe. Uh-oh. Maybe you Uh-oh. can beat Miami. I mean, Miami will be out there. No, because Miami will be out there uh, kicking cut, Joel and beating off the knees and, 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 and punching people in the stomach <laughs> and doing what Hall of Famer coaches do. Can I play the audio? Okay. Yeah. yeah what I, what, whatever this audio is, you going to have any setup for it? Okay. So it's game five, 2009 playoffs between the Hawks and the Miami heat. And this is the Hawks announcer. It's going to be Al Horford. He drives. He goes up and gets knocked out hard. Oh, my goodness. The Heat have resorted to thuggery. And Al Horford's floating it up. Miami, they're down by 19, and they have to resort to the... Well, the the final comment is the street stuff. <laughs> the street stuff. Well, okay, hold on. There, I guess that's how they try to win. Here's a fascinating 
distinction. In that call, you hear the heater down by 19. They resorted to thuggery down 19. They were dominating the Hawks, and still Kyle Lowry was stiff-arming Trey Young in the face and diving at his ankles. This wasn't, um, hey, we're losing, we're frustrated, we might take a cheap shot on your best player. They were destroying Atlanta, and they were still taking cheap shots at Trey Young. I don't know. Maybe this is just the way they play. The Hall of Famer looks at the film, says we're not good enough talent-wise. Let's just throw thug people. I mean, they're good enough (laughs) talent-wise to beat the Hawks. They're playing Atlanta. They're not they playing are the one Giannis. Seed. They are the one seed. Maybe if they were playing Giannis, you'd look around and say, well, we can't stop this <laughs> Let's guy. Just kill people. We better take him out. But it's the Hawks. They can beat Atlanta in the first round without doing that. Like, it's going to be no problem for them to beat Atlanta. So, yeah, you're dirty Miami Heat. Yeah. Bad Well, coach. we said last Should week, we asked us the Hall of Fame. If, if the uh, Heat were good enough to win it. And I think we all said no. Yeah. Do you, do you, I don't think this is, I don't think they're good enough to win it. You change your mind at all after game one? With the Heat? Yeah. No. No. Okay. To right. win it all? Yeah. I, oh, no. Don't know how much you want no. to overreact to game one. No. Okay. Not They at were all. really good. No. They were, they were really good against yeah. Atlanta. But you just said it's the Hawks. Yeah, that's fair. It's just, you just said no. Was there, was there any game one result that made you change your mind or whatever? On who would win a series? Yeah, like did that you change your mind on who you thought was good or not? I mean, I kind of was disappointed in Memphis, but you didn't change your mind. On I still think they win the series. No, I still okay. think they're going to win the series. I'm trying to think if I saw an underdog I thought could win a series. Not really. Who's your underdog? I mean, I still think Brooklyn's beating the Celtics, oh. even though they lost Game One. I am a little concerned about Memphis because they can't guard anybody. Uh, or they couldn't guard anybody in game one, which is surprising because they should have good defensive players. Right? This wasn't a team that was bad. They were, I think they were top five in defensive rating over the, the course of the regular season, at least top 10. They should be able to guard the, the Timberwolves a little bit better, right? enough right. to win a game. So I'm a little bit worried about them. Otherwise, not much else. I mean, I don't think Denver's going to be any resistance to the Warriors. I think the Suns, they needed Chris Paul to kind of go nuts to blow out the Pelicans, but it was never truly close. I think they got it down to seven, but it was never truly close. That won't be a problem. Dallas is not going to have Luka for that game two. That could be two. an issue. And they already lost game one. Yeah, that so could the, be an the issue. The Jazz are probably winning that series. That could be an issue. But I don't think... We're the, still... Our bet is still on the line. Of Ben Simmons bet. playing yeah, more I mean, than Luka. Gonna, I mean... I'm feeling good about well, it. Luca's not playing it. tonight. I feel good about it too because if they win the first series, they're not going to win it. Where uh, no, no, no. If if the if the Brooklyn wins oh, the first series, Simmons is there's playing more, a bunch more of games, games that he's yeah. been playing. Where Luca, Luca's out for game. And here's the thing on Luca's injury because I thought he'd for sure play in game one because it's a playoffs. I don't think he comes back. If he if you're missing two straight, I think there's it's right. probably a lot. It's probably a lot more serious, and he probably just doesn't play in the series. Right. You're going game to game now, but usually the Usually with that with that injury, so it's serious. All of a sudden, it's not going to be good. And you're like, oh, yeah, he's back for the game three. Let me ask you this. If you're Luka, are you more likely to push yourself back if the series is 1-1 or 2-0? You're down 2-0 or it's tied. 1-1. You're more likely to come yeah. back with not 2-0 and, oh, my team really needs me now or no. we're getting swept. So you so in, in a hypothetical, there's a chance that the that the tonight the Mavericks are playing for Luka Doncic, for Luka to, Doncic come back. to come back. But if they can pull out a win without him. I mean, him, would you think if he's hurt, he'd come back 2-0? I 
I guess it depends on how bad he's hurt. How badly he's hurt. Well, and that if it's not that badly, you come back anyway, right? You try. Yeah. I still think one one. I still think if they're in the series, that he, if he can come back at all, if he can come back one one or two zero, then I think it's one one. Maybe he can't come back at all. I don't think he's coming back. It's kind of. It kind of looks like. I don't don't think he's coming back. They. This always happens. They go game to game, game to game, and then he just doesn't. Then they don't come back. We need somebody. Because uh, I'm not going to do it. Do a thorough breakdown on Adrian Wojnarowski's reporting on what words he uses when guys are not going to play. Because he seems to be pretty early saying, hey, Luca is unlikely to play, wink, wink. Right. As right. if to say, he's out, you morons. Out. But they're not officially ruling him out. I have, The way I've read Adrian Wojnarowski's tweets make me think this that guy's not out. playing at all. They're just right. sort of stringing it along as, uh-oh. Luca could come back. He might be back, and they're just not going to actually bring him back because he can't come back at this point. They just want that. It's that hockey psychological advantage of, uh-oh, the Jazz have to prepare for Luca. Whereas if you're the Jazz and you're like, all right, we prepared for Luca, now he's not there. Uh-oh. Awesome. We don't have to worry about Luca anymore. We got to worry about Jalen Brunson. Throw out the plan. Yeah. Just <laughs> score. Yeah. Just play normal basketball, guys. Jalen Brunson's not going to beat us. Coming up next, Gooch joins the show. The Press Box Path to the Draft here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM is brought to you by the iconic Sahara Las Vegas. Gooch is here. Hey, if you listen to Comp in the afternoons, you'll hear this guy talking to you. Is jabroni? Did you you didn't you know you didn't have to come into the studio this morning? We look, would have called you. I got a text message last week from Tyler saying, "Gooch, look, the ratings are bad. We need you. <laughs> yes. Can you come in at eight thirty? Can't believe it took this long to yeah. tell somebody. <laughs> can you <laughs> can you do a ten minute segment on Monday to save my ass? And I'm like, you know what, buddy. <laughs> I'm there for you. And well, it could, could have been over the phone. You'd be here 12 to 15. So <laughs> we, our ratings are so bad. We need you 12 to 15. We don't need you 10. Our ratings are actually pretty good. Yeah. Let's, can we not? Well, can we not like manifest off, this? Yeah. We do not want to. Okay. Here's the deal. Self-deprecation is always funny, but when you're doing it on the radio about your show, there's people that are listening going, excuse me. And I'm like, no, no, no. We were just no, doing no, it to be no. funny. It was a joke. We are just doing it to be funny. People like us, I think. And by us, I mean, you guys ratings. Okay. Sponsorships. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. But pile on that. Yeah, yeah. Come on. We need your money. All right. Give us your hot takes on Kyrie Irving. Uh, douche. <laughs> done. All right. That's it. That's it. That's We're all done? I got. That's all I got. Well, I mean, look, th- this is the one thing with guys like him. Okay. He says all these things that they, they, they get people mad. You know, he's flipping off fans or whatever. And then they just ask him, they're like, Do you feel like the energy from the fans, that negative energy brings out the best of you? And he's like, Yes. Yes, it does. And it's like the guys that sit there and pretend like they want to go through life having everyone hate them is, it's so dumb because there are people like, our very own Tyler Bischoff that love him, that are like, Kyrie, keep doing you, man. Keep pushing forward. He's going to go, thank you. I touched someone. I touched someone. I touched a very skinny white man to push his boundaries. (laughs) The minute I see an athlete flip off the crowd, I immediately like that athlete more. Okay. There's only, there's only Stone Cold Steve Austin was the only one who could do it. Okay. And, and Are you I'm, making you're making a wrestling reference? Yes, that, yes. But you know who I don't Stone think Coats. anybody in the room gets. Okay, I for mean, starters, I, I get it. But I, I was it. gonna go with Ditka. 
Yeah. What, yeah. Like, okay, well, first off, you don't know Stone Cold Steve Austin. There was like about 10, 15 years you couldn't get away from every bald guy in the world. Like. Of course, and the middle finger but was his acting, gesture. Okay, I don't know that. That was like his thing, man. That and beer. And beer. Not a lot of guys, some guys could get away with it in the history. Hold on, not this, a lot. This yeah. guy's not very creative. I'm going to stomp a mud hole and walk it dry. That's stone cold. Anyway, that's his the only guy I respect. Flipping people off in beer? Yes. That's okay. not very creative. Yeah, but the thing is, though, is his smack <laughs> I talk. I thought wrestlers was, were creative. But that's the thing. His smack talk was so much better than Kyrie's. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, Kyrie's well, yeah. just like, man, I'm angry. Why don't people think I'm as good as LeBron? <laughs> you know, that's always Kyrie. I prayed to the crystals and they didn't help me. <laughs> so, anyways, so one day I was just kind of hanging off the uh, edge of the world because it's flat. And uh, it's just, dude, shut up. You have been bamboozled so many times. And then now that you come out and sit there and think, like, oh, no, it's everybody else's problem. No, the guy is a dish. And I, it's amazing that he still has a job. Weren't you happy when he made a shot to win the title for the Cavs? Of course. That was, bef- okay. was pre douche because what happened was. <laughs> is, <laughs> He wasn't like what? this. He wasn't like no, this he was until not. yeah, he until he after not. he won the championship. Yeah. Until after until after someone told him he was uh, Robin to Batman uh, to LeBron's Batman. That got in his head so bad that he just had to go out there and show everyone that he was the man. And look, dude, I'm sorry. He's still Robin. I, exactly. He's still Robin, but he won't say it. It's not to like Durant's Batman. Uh, right. But that's the thing. It's like he, he might be to Durant's Superman. <laughs> Well, and that's the thing. I, I, it's that, that's a funny thing. It's it's like everybody. It's since the LeBron thing, nobody's done that yet with Kyrie and Durant, and it's right, blatantly right. obvious who the best player on that court is, <laughs> right. and who the two top five players compared to a top twelve. And that's what I think of Kyrie. I don't know. Kyrie was the one that almost won the game in the fourth quarter. Right. Right. No. No. Look, he, he stepped like up. Batman. He, he stepped up. He took a shot. It was awesome. Except, well, for everybody, whole, except for the whole defense thing. But everybody, right, exactly. And just like last <laughs> night. Last night, he was like, oh, Jason Tatum, what's this? What's the star player doing running to the basket? I think I'm just going to stand by. And, he you kind know, of put his arm out yeah. trying to look like he was trying to defend him. And he fouled him. Yeah. That should have been a foul, too. It should have been an and one. So it's like, and just watching every time Kyrie's just like, hmm, you know, it's, it, just, it just brings me great joy. You know? you think he's fake? Yes. Or do you think he mm. tr- truly believes a lot of this Nonsense. I think anybody that talks like that, anybody who talks like that, including myself, okay, well, anytime, anytime somebody goes out there and, and speaks this highly of themselves, there is an overcompensation happening here. And that's what I think with Kyrie. It's just, it's just, he knows, he knows, and, and I, I honestly think every great athlete, LeBron included, they, in their heart of hearts, they think that they're probably not good enough. And that's why they push themselves so, so hard to be the best. But in Kyrie's situation, it just comes off so douchey. It's like it's 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 not motivating at all. It's just kind of like, oh God, that's what happens when you push yourself. You end up like that. Like now, nah, I'm done. I'm done. I'll be I'll be happy on my round Earth. <laughs> Which middle finger is better? The knock down a shot, blatant middle finger to the crowd as you're running back down to get on defense, or the sneaky behind the head oh, while yeah. you're about to inbound the ball yeah. okay. that you're trying to hide from everybody. See, see, we just had we just had our very own. <laughs> the itchy face middle finger is great, by the way. Thank you. Uh, but uh, I would have to say, well, of course, if you're knocking down a shot and you're telling that to the crowd, I mean, 
It, I, I will admit, there is a bit of rock and roll that I do dig about it, but at right. the same See? time, you're getting That's paid. That's why it's great. But you're getting paid millions of dollars to actually act like a professional. No, I'm sorry. That's part of your job. He's getting paid millions of dollars to score. Right. And then, and then all of he a sudden. He can act however he wants right. after he scores. And then what ends up happening is, is the fans get drunker and more rowdy, and they start yelling out even worse things to these players. And now all of a sudden, the players are getting, everybody's getting treated worse because they see how it gets to Kyrie. And it's like, and that's the thing. It's like the precedent that that sets. All right, let me ask you something. Why doesn't anyone want Baker Mayfield? What? He's a douche. I mean, it's like it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I'm going to tell you right now. When we, when the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield, when the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield, and here's the thing, and I did like him. I do think he got kind of a raw deal in Cleveland. I do, but. From a football perspective, we're not going to get into legalities, but from a football perspective, we can all agree Deshaun Watson is head and shoulders better than... Oh, he's than, top five quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's amazing, yeah. okay? Um, for Baker to <laughs> act like he did and not... And, and and then this is the Duke Johnson thing. Remember when he was like, get on the train or whatever, you know, whatever stupid thing he said. And in this all this bravado, it's like you're showing everyone right now that you're not the guy. You're, you're showing everyone that when the chips are down, you're going to start pointing fingers. I was injured. I was this. I was that. No, dude. You shut your mouth and you get to work. If the injuries were if the injuries were affecting your play that bad, like we knew they were, you should have taken your you should have taken yourself out. I don't know. That's the big knock on Kevin Stefanski is like, how do you keep him in when he is clearly too not right? Too, yeah, not right. How do you keep him in? But yeah, Baker, the way the way he's handling this and stuff like that, he's handling it. Like I did when I was 24, you know what I mean? Just a stupid idiot who thought I was right. Hey, I saw a movie. I think I know what it's like to be in the 60s. It's like, no, I have no idea. <laughs> were you a Gooch is going to make his next stop next door, and she's going to be, where were you? With, I was with those douches over there. <laughs> I was just the douches next door. Were you a douche when you were 24? I, okay. Oh, my God. Maybe just for community oh standards. Maybe only let Gooch be the one who <laughs> exactly. says, uh, I was, yeah, he said I was, it six times. I was yes. a dude. Let's, let's let him keep that. First off, anybody with a microphone, anybody that goes out there and just blatantly screams out their opinion, they there is a level of douche. We can all agree. I'm, yeah, you know, I've been a douche. I've been a douche probably leading up until my casket. You know what I mean? I'm probably going to be a loudmouth idiot. There's people listening right now that want to punch me right in the face because they're flat earthers too. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I don't think that's our demographic. Okay, good. Thank Maybe God. it is. Jared, you might have to correct me. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, our our demo is actually, uh, well, you guys insisting on vaccination statuses during the uh, majority of the pandemic weeded out a lot of our fun. Our flat earthers. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What was the, uh, wait, they had, did they have to be vaccinated to call in? Is that what your mandate was? <laughs> We don't take calls, no. so that's the best part. <laughs> Show us your card. The simple I'm on argument the phone. Of, it's a competitive <laughs> advantage. Great. It's through the phone. Yeah, yeah you <laughs> might you might send it through the phone, guys. That's yeah. not square. All right. Yeah. Let me give you a hypothetical. Deshaun Watson's getting suspended. Mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield's untradeable. Yes. Does Baker Mayfield stay on the Browns and start the first? Four to eight games of the season. There is no possible way. There's no possible way. There's no way. There's no way. And I also think there's something to be said about Jarvis Landry, like basically going, I don't want, because there was a tweet that he put out too, where he's like, I was hurt. I was hurt. You know, I did all these things. He's like, why is it that I'm getting blasted for having a career low year when I also played through some pretty serious injuries and I've been 
one of the leaders of this team for so long. And now he's talking about like wanting to come back because right. of the change at quarterback. There must have been something going on. And I just think that that personality rubs people. The Baker's personality rubs people the wrong way. So I don't think he's going to be with the, the team. I think, I think during the draft, he's going to get traded at some point. Um, and I just look at with the backups that they do have, you know, you got Josh Dobbs, you got, uh, uh, don't look at me. Like I know the Browns. No, no, he was, uh, the Raiders stole Nick Mullins from you. (laughs) He was on the, uh, the Colts like a couple of years ago. Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett. Oh, so these are, these are two guys. What here's those two guys could get you through just because of the run game alone. I mean, it's like with the run game alone and the defense, it's like, so I don't, if the, if the Sean Watson misses like six or seven games, I still think the Browns could pull off three or four victories three, three. with those guys. Yeah. Yeah. He could get you there. How did you feel about Baker Mayfield a year ago? Uh, well, I thought that he was clearly hurt. And no, no, no. Like this time last year, before he got hurt, before oh, last time, season started. Well, dude, that was, we were heading into the season. We were getting Odell back. It was, we, we thought maybe the, the Odell Baker connection was going to be working. And then when it was clear that it was not even in the chiefs game, it's not like, right. It's it's, it's, and they didn't use him a lot in the bears game either. It's like, they, they completely forgot that Odell Beckham jr. Is a insane weapon on offense. Uh, Matt Stafford figured it out. No problem. And it's just, so when you're, when you're watching Baker Mayfield, get the weapons that are needed to do well. And he can't, he doesn't know how to take advantage of them. Then it's clear that there's a problem there. I know he tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. Were you happy to see Odell Beckham no, win a Super Bowl? No, I was. I was. I was happy to see Odell Beckham win a Super Bowl. I did oh, not, you were. Oh, you I were. Was, okay. I was. I was. I, I wasn't asking if you were happy to see him tear yeah, his yeah, ACL. I'm just like, yes, <laughs> back on the couch with me, Odell. You know, it's just. Uh, but but with uh, with I didn't like. I don't like parents getting involved in any athletes' crap. Like Levar Ball, I think is the biggest scumbag. I just hate people that like ride their kids' coattails. It just it makes me sick. That's the only thing I didn't like about the Odell dad video. I just thought it was a douche move. But he ended up but he ended up getting himself. He ended up getting himself getting his son what he wanted. He got him into LA. He got a Super Bowl, caught a caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl, and it was obvious. And that's the one thing you got to give credit to Cooper Cup too. It's like when all the pressure was on those two, like Stafford and Cup to make plays, they did. Right. And right. but if Cup if if Odell didn't get injured, he would have clearly won MVP. He you, know who's, you know whose dad's also involved. Kyrie's. Oh yeah, there you He's go. Involved. There you go. He's exactly. always at the games, right the, under the basket. The vinegar doesn't fall too far from the douche. I'm telling you guys, it's. <laughs> All right. All right. We're taking a break. Jared's very upset. Jared's not happy. Get to the break. That was the press box path to the draft, brought to you by the iconic Sahara Las Vegas. Here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. Rodgers deals the pitch, swung on and missed strike three. A one, two, three, ninth inning for Rodgers. What a performance by this pitching staff in a two to one win over the Atlanta Braves. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. All right, Ed, you'll enjoy this story. The Padres played yesterday on Sunday night baseball against the Atlanta Braves. Um, Got to win. But before the game, ESPN had footage of Fernando Tatis playing soccer on the field and Fernando Tatis slipping while trying to dribble the ball and falling on his hip. Fernando Tatis is currently recovering from a fractured wrist that he suffered while riding a motorcycle in the offseason. And to get himself up, he pushed down on the ground to get himself (laughs) up with that wrist. 
So if I'm the Padres management up in the uh, press box with my binoculars looking out to see who's playing soccer, it's like, what the hell is he doing on the field? Why in the now, hell do these guys keep buying, like, snowmobiles, ATVs, yeah. and motorcycles? Well, the, he's just playing soccer now. The, we're past the motorcycle I'm thing. not past the motorcycle. This is just him playing soccer. Why is he out there doing this? Can you imagine? Him falling Fernando on his Tatis wrist. He's had a setback. Because he's playing soccer before a game on the field after breaking his wrist while driving a motorcycle. Oh, my God. We get a rookie of the year situation. He's playing soccer out there. He steps on a ball and absolutely That's how he went down. He tried to dribble. He stepped right on top of the ball and went down. Tripped over himself. So It's so amazing. Because if you're a Padres fan and you're watching the game and you see ESPN be like, well, we got Fernando Tatis on camera earlier playing soccer. You got to be like, what the hell is he doing? That's where that was most of the uh, responses to the tweet. <laughs> like, where is management at this point? What, what? What? Like, get him off the field. Didn't he hurt himself swinging a bat yes. last year? Yes. Like, he got hurt just doing one of the most normal things that for he's going to have player. to do yeah. for the rest of his career. Yeah. And now, before a game, he's playing soccer on the field. Do you think I'm being untruthful saying I want him to be healthy and playing? No, I believe you. You, I, you, I, I think there, he's great. There is one thing that you have at least, aside from hating media voting on any awards, the other thing you've been very consistent with is you enjoy watching the best players yes. play their yes. sport. Yes. So yeah, I have no doubt you. You absolutely want Fernando Tatis to be healthy. I think that's. I mean, yeah, you're a Dodgers fan, so I could understand why you. No, might but not. I no, I want him. to But play. yeah, I, I I love watching. I 100 percent believe you. I don't know why he's on the field <laughs> playing soccer. That would just, I mean, if he played for the Dodgers, Are we, I wouldn't have come in today. If that guy was out playing soccer, like falling on his no, wrist and he broke his wrist. He would be he would be on the highway driving yes. to, <laughs> to yell at him in person. Okay, are we being too harsh on a guy rehabbing an injury? Like, should his life right now be absolutely nothing in the Yes. Remotely dangerous. They gave the guy three hundred plus million dollars. Okay, so you yes. don't think this is possibly being too harsh? Where Fernando Tatis I mean, can't do, do you anything really think, until he comes back. Let's just put it this way: let's say, let's say Melvin walks up the steps and looks out there and sees him falling on his wrist. Does he really want to see that? Well, no, of course not. I mean, does he want him out there messing around? No. Especially given his past, like you said, hurts himself. Well, the motorcycle is one thing. Hurts himself swinging a bat. Now he's out there tripping on soccer balls. No, of course I just. I'm curious, like, we're we're effectively policing the fun that Fernando Tatis can have. Now, like you said, well, he signed a ridiculously long yes. contract. He's the face of the franchise. Ten years, I think. He's currently injured. Was it I thought he got did he get twelve? Was he the one that got twelve? Maybe he got twelve. Maybe it was more than ten. I, I understand it, but I just feel like we are policing the fun that Fernando Tatis can have. And I feel wrong policing somebody's fun. Even if it's a guy who's got a wrist injury who can't play right now and should be the face it's of the, the franchise it's the for a decade. Astros star player, do you want him playing soccer? Do I want him? No. Right. Absolutely exactly. yeah. not. I mean But I don't feel I don't think we're here policing. I'm not policing him. I just think it's I think it's silly <laughs> if he's trying to rehab his wrist and he's out there tripping on soccer balls and, and breaking his fall. Although he did fall on his hip, like you said. But then again, he pushed himself up with all his weight, and it's like, is that wrist okay? Because if you can do that. Why isn't he swinging a bat and hitting a ball at this point? I don't know. It hurts more. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a different, like it's a twisting motion. Whenever you're probably so not just weight bearing. Yeah, where I think you're 
you're straight on oh. whenever you push. Would have been great if he did like 10 push-ups and then jumped up. Yes. <laughs> one hand and it was the one hand push-ups with the other one behind his back and it was the one hand was the one he fractured the wrist on. That's so great. Oh. All right, I do have to yell at you. Uh the Dodgers have won 6 in a row. They have the best record in baseball at 7 and 2. Yeah, okay. Did you see who they played? That team is awesome. They're 7 and 2. That Nobody is, else what the, the Giants are 7. Giants are 7. Two. Two, two teams Giants are 7 and 2. Yeah. yeah. Other awful teams have been played. Okay. I'm just hoping, I'm just hoping that the pitching was more about their pitching than the fact the Reds can't hit me. Oh, my God. <laughs> they, they can't hit me. Tommy Pham is now 0 for 27. To re- to uh, say, how about the one outfielder who, who hit the homer on Friday night? Up until that, he had struck out like 12 or 14 times. They're brutal. Even Joey Votto is, it, right now is not hitting very well. They're brutal. The, Eds have sc- or the, Red, the Reds suck. The Dodgers they're have scored horrible. the second most runs in baseball, though. It's not just that the pitching right, was really right. good. But they're having big innings. Like they score. That's a good thing. They have zero. They have what do you zero mean? runs for like eight innings. That's what then, you do. And then one of the one of the innings they have seven. Awesome. And then one inning they have. That's five. how you win games, Ed. <laughs> Baseball is a four-hour experience with twelve minutes of like excitement in it. Listen, I I bet teams that score five plus runs in a single inning have like a ninety-five percent win rate. Big innings are good. I'm you a want to sc- I'm a little oh worried about the balance. God. I'm worried about the balance. You guys need to spread these seven yes, runs out yes, more evenly. Show us a balance.